0: everyone welcome to the wealthy retailer podcast i'm your host dan holman we're recording here for the week of august 27th ton of great headlines uh we're going to throw it over to our man rob allisher from road 55 he's going to feed us some great information this
1: week. yeah good morning dan how you doing today
0: well living living on the top side of the dirt man that's where you want to be <laughs>
1: I've been ready to go since about 3 a.m. when a thunderstorm <laughs> rolled through town and and oh yeah, took us all out of bed. So it was uh, loud this morning. Yeah, no, going to be a good day. Yeah, lots of good headlines uh, today. Uh, one talks about uh, some grant training uh, money that's available, and so what what you might be able to do to up your game with that. Uh, what to be seen as a, what you need to do to be seen as a local treasure, and, and I love that uh, that term, a local treasure in the world of retail. Uh, the stats are out, we're kind of back to even, so now what, what does that mean? And uh, story about a, a new opportunity, is it a little bit of you know, replacing lost in uh, revenue, or is it just a new opportunity altogether? And athleisure, we're hearing all kinds of stuff about this as uh, suits are going out the window and yoga (laughs) pants are, are, uh, it's all about comfort and and working out at home. So uh, lots of good stuff and uh, we'll lead off with our first story comes from uh, Barry Today, uh, barrytoday.com. So it's a story about a a local retailer and the program that Barry's launched in in conjunction with uh, I believe the provincial government where they're, they're working with, uh, it's a digital Main Street, and it's a program supported by the province, by the feds. Uh, uh, this lady was able to uh, get access to a $2,500 grant that helped her get some additional training just to really expand her presence beyond her local borders of Barrie. And so while it's in Ontario, I know this uh, the, this holds true throughout the country. Dan, what were your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, you know, we first heard about the partnership with digital main street with uh, you know, our, our, our good friends over at retail insider uh, they've got their finger on the pulse and and digital main street absolutely created uh, an opportunity to work together with retailers to get them online, you know, and this, this story really, you know, spoke about the need to increase your digital prowess um, to remain relevant and in front of your customer. And while, you know, this this great little store, you know, started to do this in February or, or January or February, it really became apparent that this was required. And so throw this story aside. I mean, this is retail 101. Get in front of your customer. If your customer, if your traffic is slowed, as we saw, you know, going going into the first month or so of covid You know, as we came to the store closures and then coming out of it as traffic has slowed, we've needed to increase our digital presence. This is not something new. Every retail expert has been talking about increase your digital prowess, increase your digital space. This is still, yes, there's a need to be able to do business online. And, you know, I had to yank my foot out of my mouth here not very long ago. You know, I've long been the advocate to, to strengthen your brick and mortar presence, to strengthen the customer experience. And then the minute we had to close our doors, I quickly shifted to, Oh my gosh, you gotta be online. Well, well, you know, that's, that's what we needed to do. And this, this, you know, partnership with digital main street allows the independent retailer to access some dollars that, you know, they're really clamoring for right now. We, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, where retail sales have returned it, you know, it's, it's a day late and a dollar short, we are still so deep out of pocket that we need to continue pushing our digital presence. And as our platforms are updated over and over and over again, Facebook, you know, taking control over what, what you're allowed to put out, what you can, what, what audience you can access through, you know, the Facebook or Instagram platforms, we need to continue elevating, you know, our digital
1: game. So on a you know, on the, on the training side for a moment, Mm -hmm. We all get caught, you know, especially small independent retailers, we're, we're, we're up to our neck, we're knee deep in everything, we're constantly working in our business. But let's talk about working on the business and training. And, and what, what do you recommend, you, know, you coach a lot of different retailers, sure. uh, you really gotta keep it in the forefront. What should they be doing each week, each month to, to just keep that, that ongoing training in front of them?
0: You know, you have to continue buying education. Education, while there is some great free resource out there, you've got to partner with someone that that is spending their life in this space, that completely understands Instagram Reels right now. You know, this is going to be the latest. And every quarter, we seem to have a new iteration of a platform that we need to learn. And yeah, Rob, well said. You know, we're wearing... 20 different hats in, in, in our retail space today, more perhaps than we were wearing, you know, six or eight months ago and being consumed by digital is not our passion. It being consumed by keeping up with the latest and greatest. That's not where our passion lies. And I'm going to say to you, get, get, you know, get, look for a resource that you can rely on, to help you through this, you need a partner in your business that can continue to elevate your digital game. Yeah. And there are a lot of great resources out there.
1: Right on, right on. Okay, and that's working towards you know you want your store to be known as a little treasure. And and uh, I, I love this next one. It's from RetailWire.com, and and it gives some great stats about you know people obviously doing a lot more show, shopping close to home. Uh, they they talk uh, one stat here that you know fifty six percent said the pandemic has caused them to shop in neighborhood stores. But the nice part is is almost eighty percent of them plan to continue doing so uh, long term. So they're they're uh, uh, in it for for the long haul. When it comes to a retailer becoming a local treasure, what what kind of things can they do to to really earn that title?
0: The list is endless we recognize our local independent retailer as a treasure for their investment in their community you know they're not they're not absentee in the community and and we have to strengthen that bond between the retailer and and their community we have yeah. to heighten the awareness this survey talked about about 69% of respondents you know plan to socialize you know in in within their community either in their home or a friend's home virtually 50% of the of our population you know has never worked from home and now are planning to work from home more and more and more and if your community is you know similar to St Albert Alberta you're a bedroom community to a larger you know to a larger city Maybe we're going to see an increased awareness in that local retailer. And part of what's required is for you to continue getting your message out there. Let's piggyback off of the last article. I have to be relevant. I have to be top of mind. I have to scream from the mountaintop. Hey, I'm here. We can't expect people to find us. You know, you use the words hidden treasure. We can't be a hidden treasure. We have to be upfront. We have to be out there. We need to continue Spreading our good word, and that's done through yes, our 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 prowess, our digital prowess, but also the connections that we make, the social connections. I mean, social as in you know community-minded endeavors. You know, whether you're a member of your chamber of commerce, you know your economic development team, your your uh, business, your breakfast business meetings. You know, your BNI club, your Rotary club, your you know your hospital. Foundations, any service clubs, you start to raise your awareness. And this really, i every retailer is going to say, I don't have time for that. I don't have time right. for that. Yeah. I promise you, yeah. you know, if you don't do this, you're dying on the vine. You've got to continue to invest in your community so that you're not a hidden treasure. People will support their local retailer more today than ever. I mean, this study, I think it was 8,000 respondents said, you know, of the 8,000 respondents, you know, they said 56, 56% of them, you know, maybe have felt forced or obligated to shop in their local neighborhood store, right? More than half of them felt obligated. Yep. That's of the respondents, you know, go through any community. The, the more invested you are in your community, the more obligated your community is to support you. We've gotta be in front yeah, of our I'm audience. Sure you're thinking
1: of it. And just like from the last story, we talk about making that that ongoing investment in training. We talk about that ongoing investment in, in community. And and right. I you know, I'm an old hockey player. I got a hit in the head a couple times with some pucks. I like keeping things simple where, you know, give three times, ask once. So you right. know, think of it in in your sales activities, your social activities, and we see this lots with social media. It's ask, 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 sale, sale, right. sale, buy, 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 and 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 trying to to think more from the what what can I give to my community? What can I, um, you know, can I arrange a block party? Can I go to these community events and and watch it come back, knowing right. that you know the stats are supporting that there's that I'll I'll call it that initial obligation, but I don't know if that obligation is going to be forever in a day. So so don't assume you're going to keep that. But you've got this just amazing opportunity to, to hang on to it.
0: Right. I, you have to continue making deposits in your community bank, you know, in your community awareness bank. You continue to make deposits yeah. until the bucket overfloweth and then you make a withdrawal. And I'm going to tell you the biggest mistake that retailers make is they, they talk product, 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 product versus customer, 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 customer. Give to your customer. You know, the rule of reciprocity, give before you get. And retailers today that are making this mistake of getting out there online and only talking about price or sale or discount are losing the battle. We've got three pillars to choose from. Price, quality, and service. And the retailer that chooses price over quality and service competes with the big A every day and loses that fight. We cannot compete on price. That's not our marketplace. Our local retailer must compete on quality of product and quality of service. And that's it. End of story. And every single... Every single action that you take as a retailer to promote yourself should be customer-driven, not product or price-driven. How does this help your customer? Do they want to see new? Yes, they do. Talk about new. But more importantly than what's new, talk about the why. You know, retailers curate product. They swim through a plethora of shit at these trade shows, digital or physical. They swim through through piles and piles and piles of crap to curate the best product. I shouldn't say crap. There's lots of great product out there, man. Yeah. Is to curate product that fits their customer, not their customer's pocketbook, not price point, the best product. Talk about why we chose that product, make a connection with, you know, the product, the solution to the problem or the, or the
1: challenge, that your customer has. Right on, well said, well said. Well, in the effort to uh, get towards becoming that local treasure, uh, be sure to head and reach out to our friends at Canadian Retail Solutions. Remember, they're here to help you with all the retail solutions to make your store more successful. From the latest point of sale software to e-commerce solutions, Retail Pro uh, the new global retail POS, uh, Shopify and more, let them help you find your cutting edge retail solution today. Uh, visit retailbycrs.com for more information. Okay, if you want numbers, we got them. The uh, The recent stats are out, without a doubt, we're, we're seeing that increase, we're rebounding, but they talk about it getting to the first level, uh, I believe it was the pre-COVID, where it was matching more February numbers, as you said, Dan, it, it, we, we can sit and pat ourselves on the back, but it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot other than let's, let's take any good we can take right now and, and build upon that. What were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, love good news, love good news. I mean, again, Rob, the challenge with some of the stats that you know RCC puts out is it takes, it takes so long to gather data that we, here we are at the end of August – Telling people about the June performance, day late, dollar short. Yeah. Um, yes, I love a good story. Yeah, I want to hear that we're up. I don't. I don't care that June is on par with February. You know, is June on par with where it needs to be? Right. Right. You know. Yes. Hey, we're up three percent or whatever the number was. Hey, we returned to pre-COVID numbers. Yeah. yeah. Well you know, let's start to break that down for the retailer and let's not allow complacency to enter their life. Let's not set, tell them that this is over that, Hey, your sales are back to normal because here's a shocking number for you. Retail in August is down about 30%. You know, we're not using current data to inspire (laughs) confidence. We're looking backwards 60 days now and saying, Hey, two months ago, things were great. That's not the world we live in. Stop comparing ourselves to last month, last year, last quarter, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, figure out what the plan needs to be in your store and drive to hit that number. And if retail starts to soften, which it absolutely has done in August, we need to, re, we need to double down on our effort to bring that number back up. Yeah. This, this good word, I love, I love good stories. I love cheerleading, but I want to do it with some level of realism, Any thought that we're back to a normal pre-COVID state will deliver a, a message of it's okay. Take your foot off the gas. This is not the time to take your foot off the gas. We're moving into a very, very risky season right now. We're recognizing... You know, if, if sales are soft, there's a return to school, there's other activities going on all of a sudden that we haven't dealt with, you know, in the last 60 days that we're going to deal with in the next 30 days, yeah. you know, we've gotta stay focused. We've got to keep our foot on the gas.
1: And, and, you know, you talk about like schools coming back in and, and I think I've got kids going back. And I think even from a, a positivity and a momentum, knowing that, your staff are gonna be going through some things, you the owners are gonna be going through things, your customers are gonna be going through things, and, and uh, it, I, I think these next few weeks are gonna be really critical for, I'm gonna say our community, where we gotta be helping each other out because there's gonna be a lot of, that, just that uncertainty over the next couple of weeks.
0: I mean, we have financial challenge, we have emotional challenge, we have physical challenge. You know, this is all in front of us, and, and yeah, again, while I want to hear that numbers are up. I want to work at continuing to push numbers forward. You know, the minute we take our foot off the gas, we take three steps back. Yeah, yeah. and we've got to continue inching forward. And there's so much outside influence yeah. hammering away at us. We've got to stay
1: focused. The uh, for a long time. You know, my my company name road fifty five and and just for you know shits and giggles it 's kind of a fun thing. I take the five by five as my own little formula I, I truly believe it's it is the only thing I can control and and when we talked earlier about training and community investment, I do five things five days a week to yep. in an attempt to grow my business and right that 's community stuff that's that 's a post. I can control that. I can't necessarily right. control what comes out the other end, but with, with kind of good faith and, and know that if I do these things, good, more than likely good things will happen at the other side.
0: Right, and I'm going to tell you this. Every retailer today, and if, <laughs> every single retailer listening to this podcast needs to take this away from them, right? Take this away from today's podcast. You call five customers five days a week, you're not going to have a traffic problem. Yeah, Retailers yeah. have forgotten the power of outreach. Oh, Pick up the yeah. damn phone and call your customer. Oh, I don't yeah. have their phone number. Boy, oh, boy, what a mistake that is. Oh, I've, yeah. I've spent yeah. all these years collecting email addresses. Great. When was the last time you sent a how are you email? Yeah. When was the last time you did a check-in? You want to drive traffic to your store? You want to become that treasured store? Start reaching out to your clients and, and do it exactly like that. Five days a week, five customers a day.
1: And doesn't have to, yeah. It doesn't have to be that thousand-person email blast. Like, go, go see the power of sending five individual customer emails. Hey, hey, Susie, just thought I'd say hello, and you know, all the best back to school with the kids. Right. And we'll see right. you. Soon. I bet you're going to see Susie in the next couple of weeks. Walk through your store.
0: Absolutely, and if you start that process today. It will pay you back days and days and days down the road. You know, we lot the lost art of the thank you note. You know, you go to the mailbox. I go to the mailbox once a week or once every two weeks. I suck at it. (laughs) You know, I got Marlene's birthday was a few weeks ago, and I went to the mailbox yesterday and got her. There was a birthday card in there. You know, like uh, I just—I it was from
1: you too. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's from me. I sent her a card. I want it. (laughs) wonderful. You know, but inside that email was or inside that mailbox was a thank you card from a local retailer that said, "Hey, Marlene, thank you for stopping in," and it was from the team at you know, the store and it just means so much. Now that's, you know, a purchase from three or four or five weeks ago, perhaps. And she got that note. And what did that do that put that retailer back at the top of her awareness scale? You know, all of a sudden, you know, they became relevant again Yeah, a month later
1: Uh, in baseball. They just say hit them where they ain't. And, and, uh, you know how how many how many hand addressed written letters <laughs> do you receive to your home and that's there there's not much competition in that space so right it's a great little opportunity to stand out with right. customers yeah our next story comes to us from styledemocracy.com. i tell you dan nothing says the men's fashion like the word ardeen yeah. ardeen <laughs> <laughs> but you know i thought it was pretty cool that they're launching ardeen man uh, end of this month and uh, definitely they've been known as a, a value fashion staple for young women, but they felt there was a space in the market uh, when it came to menswear. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? I can't
0: wait to see all the 17 year old guys running over to the mall to hit Ardeen <laughs> up to get their Yeah, no doubt. You know, Listen, this they'll is, have
1: something to do when their girlfriends over at, over yeah, at Ardeen. This, yeah.
0: this is absolutely an example of someone taking advantage of opportunity. This is a space that's underserved. This is a space that's underserviced. Is it gonna last? Is it gonna work? Don't know, can't can't see the future. You know, can't look into the crystal ball. But I can tell you that this is the kind of practice that every retailer needs to take. You know, you said a few minutes ago, hit them where they ain't. I've said the greatest strategy in retail is gap analysis. Figure out what someone's not servicing and service that right now. Adapt to the need in the marketplace. Just because you're a dress shop doesn't mean you can't sell men's accessories or denim or, you know, whatever it is. This is about adaptation. This is about filling a void that they've recognized in the market. And, you know, again, will it be successful? can't tell you, don't know, can't see the future, sure. but I can tell you, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take.
1: Yeah. When, when it comes to the gap, just curious, like, is that a, do you view that kind of in a geographic radius? Is it like, you know, look two miles in, in the area of your store and that's, that's the best place to start with your gap analysis. What do you think there?
0: I'm going to say that if you run in Canada, you run a postal code report on your customer base yep. and figure out exactly where your target you know, geographical market is, and you look at the gap analysis that exists in that geographical market. If I'm here in St. Albert, I'm probably looking at, you know, in the T8N postal code, what's not here, what's not being serviced, and how do I now get that message out that I can be that person? Look at the verticals that have been created. You know, there's more masks sold in St. Albert than all of Edmonton every store in Edmonton put together because one person recognized the need for it. One person recognized that, hey, this is gonna be, be a classification in my store and I'm gonna plan it and I'm gonna buy into it and I'm yeah. gonna promote it and I'm gonna talk about it. It's gap analysis. And it, it's, it's first to market, not best in market. You got to get there fast. You don't perfect something and then go to market. You get to market right now and you prove your case and yep. you improve it and you study it. And when you make a mistake, you write it down and you move on, you know, you, you get past it. And so this story, well, I, I mean, I didn't mean to crap all over these guys on Ardeen, but you know, here's the deal. They've recognized that there's That's a void cool. and they're going to fill it. And they're going to fill it on a large scale and good on them. And every single retailer needs to recognize where their gap is. What can they do today that they're not doing that may enhance their business? Not permanent. It could be temporary, but it's something to cross that bridge between today and tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Do you find many retailers get caught in that, I'll say that, analysis paralysis where they're just spending too much time trying to make it perfect before they go? Or what do you see out there?
0: 100%. Most retailers, I mean, entrepreneurs are, are some entrepreneurs are notorious for how slow they move, right? And, and we have to get to market fast, We've got to be there ahead of everyone. I mean, early adopters. You have you have three segments of customers, and and the greatest segment you have is the early adopter. You know, you want to listen to a great, uh, um, you know, a, a video or TED talk. You know, go look up Simon Sinek and and listen to you know his early adoption story. The people that bought that spent thousands and thousands of dollars on big screen TVs that in the beginning were pieces of shit you know, (laughs) distorted. Right. But look at where that market has gone. You know, I might've been one of those guys that, that spent thousands of dollars on a great big flat screen TV that, you know,
1: my, my memory weight, of the <laughs> first flat screen I ever saw is still, I think it was a 30 inch and it was about $18,000.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that was the early adopters that drove yep. that market. And you've got to look to your early adoption customers and your loyal following are early adopters. Your loyal following believe in you. They trust you. And if you come out and say, hey, this is the greatest new yoga brand, they're going to they're gonna try it because they yep. trust you.
1: Yeah, right on. Speaking of trust, Dan's got this great 12 steps to retail success and uh, is gonna share one of the steps from us. If you do want to see the full video, you can head to the wealthy or retail by CRS be sure dot com and check that out. Dan, what what's the step this week you want to take us through?
0: Uh, great question. I've no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Today, you know, we're gonna talk about inventory. And and the critical need, you know, we call this step kill the virus and prevent disease. And you know, funny enough, here we are trying to kill a virus and, and prevent some yeah, long-term right. disease. And your inventory is in fact perishable. And and how we kill that disease inside your inventory is by taking markdowns markdowns are an essential ingredient to maintaining fresh inventory now when we're in april and may we're saying hey hey, hey slow up on the markdowns we don't know what's going to happen with product there's so many unknowns you know you don't have to discount and clear out all your product well here we are now in august and if you're still sitting on something that is january february receiving it's got to be marked down and turned back into cash yeah. and markdowns are are the are the bribery that we use to clear out you know excess inventory and you've got to look at what opportunities do I have in my store today to take a markdown and move goods out? I am by no means saying, scream from the mountaintop, sale, 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 sale. I'm talking about going through your inventory, grading it A, B, C, A. We'll sell at full price B. It needs a little bit of a markdown and C, what the what was I thinking? Yeah. Mark it down and get it out of your store. And, and that doesn't mean get on Facebook and scream you've got markdowns. You can certainly gently talk about it in your promotion, but this is in-store activity. 50% of your customers will walk in your door and head straight to a markdown rack. It is the opportunity buy. And, And understanding... You know, that the markdown process, the cadence, the requirement to to blend down inventory values using markdowns is critical in, in your business today. You have to understand first why you have a need to take a markdown. It's probably because we waited too long to sell off goods. It's it's likely end of season. You know, understand why you've got the markdown and take preventative measures ahead of time. Here we are today. We talked about this last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. We probably have some excess inventory. And even if your overall inventory value is balanced, you probably have aged goods in your store. This bag and tag and sell it later strategy doesn't work. Mark it down and get it gone. Get it out, yeah. Yeah, and lastly, you know, when you decide on a markdown, Do not use a discount structure. Do not say 20% off, 30% off. Customers do not respond that way. Customers come home, I, I can tell you this, in my household, you know, we talk about how much we spent on something. I got this great jacket for 60 bucks. Yep. No one said I got it for 73% off or 37% off. It's what you paid. And every single customer has their own price quality value equation. Talk about price. Get your red pen out. If you think you're going to get 20 bucks for it, write $20 on it, not 70 off. We yep. can talk about promotion, you know, in our store, storewide markdowns, 50% off throughout the store. That That's ad speak. The customer wants yeah. to see dollars. That's how they equate value, by how much they're spending, not how much they're saving.
1: I've just I've learned from my wife forever and a day. I I just have to say it was, it was fifty percent off, or it was the last one left, and that's the only thing I need to justify why <laughs> I, I purchased this. Uh, um, and listen,
0: half off yeah. is absolutely a great strategy. And that's and the other thing about markdowns I should have said. You know, make yeah. your first markdown your best one. Your first markdown is your cheapest one. And I don't mean 10 off should be. It yeah. should be go to what's going to sell. If, if, if you would say to yourself, hey, you know, if somebody gave me 10 bucks for this shirt, I'd take it. Then write $10 on it. Do not yeah. start inching your way down. The old slash and stroke method doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't work.
1: I got a great invention, uh, augmented reality that that will convert all of your old inventory into the image of stacks of cash. Yeah. sitting there, and maybe maybe that would change the tune of uh, I got money sitting there in the back. I've of it.
0: said for people, I've said to people for a long time, you know, stop looking at that shirt. It's not it. It doesn't matter. It's a twenty dollar bill hanging in your yeah. store. How many twenty dollar bills do you want hanging around? Jobs, go pluck them off. Convert inventory back to cash. This is how we make retail go around. Convert inventory back to cash yep. as quickly as I possibly can so I can continue reinvesting in that inventory. Yep. Cash cash in your store comes from your ability to turn inventory, plain and simple. Right Get it on. out the door.
1: Right on. Thanks for sharing that, Dan. Okay, our last story here, uh, website, similarweb.com talks about uh, the 10 fastest growing activewear uh, brands out there. They share a few of them. and. Asking for a little more info to, to get the balance. But this gives us the flavor. We've been talking about the growth of athleisure. And, um, you know, you see a few of these companies or just the category in general. What what continues in that trend, Dan?
0: I think that you're going to continue seeing loungewear, lounge, athleisure, leisure wear, you know, that category expand and expand and expand. You know, if you'll remember back a couple of years ago when leggings really started to rear their, in some cases, ugly head, you know, when yeah. leggings really started to take over, it, it started to kill the denim market. And then denim came back with a vengeance, and premium denim came back with a vengeance. And today we're going to ride this, this athleisure roller coaster. We're going to ride the loungewear roller coaster. We heard in a study of 8,000 people, you know, not very long ago that 56% of them are working from home and, and will maybe continue to work from home for some level. Well, if I stood up, you'd see, I got a great shirt on and a pair of nutsack shorts. You know, I'm wearing a pair of shorts. I'm sitting in my office, wearing my pair of shorts. I didn't put pants on, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't always, rarely put True, pants on. I
1: Truly wish you hadn't shared that with <laughs>
0: me, uh, Dan. <death. laughs> hey, you can get your nutsacks at <laughs> uh, but, but listen, that's yeah. this this wave that we're on, this roller coaster that we're on right now, is absolutely in that loungewear athleisure world. It is not. You know, we talked in this article about activewear brands. You know, the number one activewear brand is a yoga brand. Yeah. How many How many people do you see today? you know, walking around wearing yoga pants that, that aren't doing yoga, you know, that aren't in the practice of yoga, they're comfortable, right. Or they're walking. And, and this, this category for probably the, the next six months, you know, is on, you know, the up on the roller coaster, early adoption, generating business, generating business, generating business. You've got to be converting, you know, categories in your store to fit that cat more casual, maybe homebound lifestyle loungewear, comfortable until we're going to see dresswear return with a vengeance, the same way denim did, yeah, you know, the minute we start to see that shift and it's going to do that. And it's going to roll like this. Everything
1: does. Do th- and do we've got to ride the, it to the top. The, the pie is always, you know, it's, it's a hundred dollars. And, and like you said, it shifts from, from denim to, to yoga and, and back, or, or does that pie actually get bigger sometimes? What, what are your thoughts there?
0: the pie is the pie you know okay. we're not seeing more dollars spent in in apparel today than we have before in fact we might be seeing less but it's not that the pie is getting smaller it's the number of people that are in the pie that gets smaller you know retail moves if we had 10 stores closed today there's probably 10 more opening you know, we don't have more or less overall retail opportunities. The same thing in our categorical, you know, outlook on, on retail. We don't, yeah. we don't have more categories. Yes. We've created some subsets. We've created the mask. We've created loungewear that maybe didn't exist at the same way or active wear that didn't exist in the same way. It's a breakout of a category. It's a subset. And you know, that, that hundred dollars that's being spent in retail today, you know, maybe I was spending 80% of that on denim and now I'm spending 80% on athleisure and that market will continue to shift and flop and flip. And the same thing happens, you know, seasonally, you know, we have big dress seasons and then we have small season, and we move from selling dresses, you know, to selling denim and sweaters and then back to dresses and skirts and shorts. And that's the seasonal, rotation or the cadence that happens
1: in retail. Yep. But as you said, you figure like at least a solid six more months of, of just making sure you've got that in your mix where this big shift has happened and don't be scratching your head six months from now with, with what happened. We're we're telling you what's coming down the pipeline.
0: I mean, you're, if you're not converting some of your categories to casual or, or athleisure or loungewear today, you're giving up dollars that's what people are buying I mean those are probably some of the strongest categories in retail right now in the in the apparel world and you know when you look at at the stores that are having record years it's active stores yeah. hook and bullet bike stores outdoor you know ski skate snow those stores are going to continue to flourish and they deserve to. And, and the market that they're serving is that active market. It's right not dresswear. It's not better women's and better men's. It's, yeah. it's not workwear. It's loungewear. And we've got to be in that game.
1: Well, folks, a lot of great stories we talked about uh, today. We are going to have the links to uh, all of them in our newsletter this week, retailbycrs.com. <laughs> if you hadn't had a chance yet, please do sign up. And you know what? I bet there's someone out there that you know in the world of retail, recommend this podcast to them, please, or to, or to head and sign up to the newsletter. Trust me when I say there's, there's a good nugget or two that they'll gain for their, their business themselves each week. In addition to the stories we talked about today, uh, we've also got additional links for stories. There's a, a news of a big merger in the cannabis industry. So I'm sure we're going to see as the chairs move around the table of what what ownership looks like in that world. A new website is launched for careers in luxury retail. That's really interesting. And uh, while fashion brands proliferate, few have the expertise or the connections to tap into optimal supply chain. So a really interesting story about that and uh, and a story about uh, consumer psychology. It is the only constant. So (laughs) lots of good stuff there. And uh, yeah, Dan, thank
0: you. Great, great job today. Great job. Um, yeah, as Rob said, head over to the wealthy retailer.com or sorry, search out the wealthy retailer.com on your favorite podcast platform. Give a subscribe, share it out. Let's uh, let's see if we can fight this fight together.
1: Right on. Well, folks, thanks for joining us on the Wealthy Retailer Podcast brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. At their core, they believe in having real and relevant relationships, offering solution-based sales and services, maintaining a client-centered bottom line focus, and providing credible and complete care. Remember, folks, they exist to make retailers better. Have a great day, and uh, we will see you, hear you, listen with us on the next podcast.
0: Next week. Cheers.
1: Awesome.